order to understand how online learning works, you need to understand how online teaching works. K-12 has trained more than 5,000 teachers, allowing them to leverage the latest education technologies. These teachers are encouraged to expand their skill set in their work and meet individual student needs. Our teachers participate in ongoing professional development to stay current with advancements in online instruction. Each teacher is certified in the state in which they teach, and many have advanced degrees and vast in-person and online experience. I learned quickly to appreciate the teachers, especially as I began our family's K-12 journey. Our teachers understood the curriculum and could help us navigate how to use it in ways that worked best for my children. It was interesting that my children were actually closer to their K-12 teachers than they ever were to their traditional school teachers. The teachers actually became part of our family. Each teacher worked with us and we felt supported and we were confident that we had someone to turn to when there were questions. Today we're introducing you to four K-12 teachers. These teachers want to share their reason for teaching online, how it is done, and how they have a passion for their work with the families of their respective schools. We are joined also by Brittany Marklin, a K-12 social media manager who will lead the discussion. Thank you for joining us. From homes like yours, this is K-12 on learning. Here we discuss the K-12 online learning experience. We talk online schools, the challenges and strengths of online learning, and explore everything from kindergarten to career readiness in high school. There's a lot to talk about these days when it comes to online schools and learning from home. I'm Heidi Higgins. I've experienced the K-12 online world for nearly 20 years. I've seen it work in my home with my own children and now with my grandchildren. I would like to help you see how it can work for you. Welcome to K-12 on Learning. I'm Brittany Marklin, and I'm part of the social media team here at K-12, and I'll be hosting today. I'm excited to be here today with four of our K-12-powered teachers. I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves and give you some background on their experience. Angela, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us about your current role, some of your experience, and then give us a fun fact about yourself. Sure. My name is Angela Militello. I currently teach at Insight Academy of Arizona, where I teach 11th grade high school English. I've been teaching for over half my life now, and I absolutely love it. I've taught at all levels. My fun fact would be that I love dogs. I have a rescue pit bull and I am currently fostering a chihuahua. I love it. Blake, we'll go with you next. All right. So my name is Blake Muncie and I live in Arkansas and I work with the Arkansas Virtual Academy. This is my sixth year here. I teach world history uh, for mostly ninth grade, but really just focus on high school world history for Arkansas Virtual Academy. I spent most of my teaching time here. And a fun fact about me is uh, I like to run, which I know those two normally don't go in the same sentence, but <laughs> I'm currently training for our next half marathon. So I do, I do enjoy running. Thanks for sharing that with us and good luck. You'll have to keep us posted. Lindsay. Hi, I am Lindsay Howe. I reside in Michigan and I teach for Michigan Great Lakes Virtual Academy. I am going into my 14th year of teaching prior to taking on the role in the virtual world. Six, almost six years ago, I taught eight years in brick and mortar, a traditional school. A fun fact about me, I am a diehard Michigan State fan. So go State. Very exciting. Thank you for sharing. And Shauna. I'm Shauna Stick, and um, for the last six years, I've had the absolute 
pleasure to be a K-1 teacher um, at Wisconsin Virtual Academy in Wisconsin. And also I'm the K-5 team lead for our group. I have about 10 years of teaching experience and that varies between the six years teaching for Wisconsin Virtual Academy um, online, but then also brick and mortar experience. And in addition to that, leading education programs at nationwide museums, specifically in history, but in other areas as well. And a fun fact about me is that daughter and myself are um, part owners of the Green Bay Packers. Pretty cool. That is very exciting. Lots of football fans in the house. Well, thank you guys all for sharing a little bit more about yourselves. Lindsay, wanted to ask you really what a day in the life of an online teacher looks like. Day of an online teacher is different every single day. We do teach every day. I know that all of our K-12 schools, uh, we are live with our students every single day. At my school, MGLVA, I'm in the high school. I teach English 9. We teach on a block schedule. We see our kids three times a day, but the way that we do it is we separate our kids into three sections and I'll teach one section. And then right after I'll teach another section and then another section. When I'm not in live sessions, I'm answering emails. I'm on link. I am planning for the next day because we, we teach via PowerPoint, use uploading a PowerPoint presentation we may have meetings, small groups later on in the day, but it's it's different every day based on the day of the week, based on the needs of the school. We really have to be good at organizing our time and our Outlook calendars, but it's fun. That's great. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that Outlook from a high school perspective. Shauna, being a K-1 through teacher, can you, is there a lot of different... Sure, there is. So um, with the K-5 team, we um, are not specifically English language arts or math Teachers. Usually we have it broken into, we cover it, we're ELA or English language arts and history, social studies. And then somebody else, a different teacher for that age group will take math and science. So we're supporting um, live class connect sessions in those content areas for usually kindergarten and first grade. Then you will have a team of uh, second and third grade teachers and a team of fourth and fifth grade teachers, um, or at least that's how we do it at Weva, um, which is the school I teach at. But the same thing would apply as far as, you know, answering emails, connecting with learning coaches, which are usually the parents, but the responsible adults supporting the students. So we do a lot of time. We spend a lot of time and energy also assisting them so that they can help with a lot of the day-to-day supports that are needed outside of the classroom in completing different lessons and working through manipulatives and materials. And in addition to that, it can change a lot depending on the season too. If you're looking at um, not just supporting in small groups, but also in the various um, testing seasons that we go through, whether it be something that we're doing in our school progress monitoring or whether it's a state um, assessment as well. And you bring up a really good point when you said at WEVA is Wisconsin Virtual Academy. But to each point that all of our teachers are discussing, they are discussing from their vantage point and the school that they are working with, which can vary from school to school. So keep that in mind as you continue to listen. Another question that we had, and Blake wanted to ask you this one in particular, but what do you love most about being an online teacher? I've really enjoyed being an online teacher. And I love that this school and and online learning really just meets so many needs for students. And that's one of the things, one of the greatest joys I've experienced with it is getting to see students from different backgrounds, different 
uh, levels all come into one place where they can feel accepted and where they can succeed. And that's one of my favorite things I really enjoyed about it. And, you know, I've enjoyed getting to teach those who maybe brick and mortar didn't work out for them. And this is their last chance. And and this is an opportunity for them. And and online learning can provide that. And had several that are out and about all the time. They're on, I've had a student who's been on tour with a band or uh, training for the Olympics and things like that. And it's, this is an opportunity to allow them to still get an education even through that. And there are so many other students that come in our uh, virtual world that uh, it's just, I love how it's a great opportunity to still provide that education for those students. That's a great point. And you said it all so well. It's one of the most gratifying points of working for K-12 as a whole, just hearing all of the different stories and the many lives that we've touched. Angela, can you tell us you have so much experience in a traditional brick and mortar setting. How does that differ from being an online teacher and being in an online setting? It is definitely different. And the biggest difference, of course, is the most obvious one in that I'm not standing in front of my students and we're not in the same classroom. I cannot walk over to their desk or I cannot point to something on their paper. But almost anything, and I would say 99% of anything that I could do in a brick and mortar, I can absolutely do in a virtual classroom. There are so many different ways that I can engage with students during our live class sessions, which are called Class Connect sessions, and they can engage by typing in the chat, they can speak on the mic, they can respond to polls, they can write on the board, we can do all kinds of different activities, basically the same kinds of things I would do in brick and mortar, but just adapted to use technologically. I love it. And I feel like our students are so immersed in a virtual world anyway, that it's just natural for them, even though when we think of online education, it might seem a little bit different or odd at first. Absolutely. Very good point. And Angela, with all of that being said, how do you make sure that you connect and engage with your students on a regular basis, both in the classroom and outside of the classroom? Yeah. So in the classroom, it's very easy to connect and engage with my students. I feel like I know them very well, and I really get to know them as an English teacher because they have so many opportunities to write and they have opportunities for choice. So I know them personally. I know what their learning styles are and how to engage them. We also have many more opportunities to engage with students individually and in small groups throughout the day by inviting students to targeted small groups where they'll have opportunities to either go ahead and have enrichment activities or opportunities to relearn and re-engage with the curriculum so that they can master it. We can also Skype with our students and text them and call them, which is different than brick and mortar too. All of those ways just make engaging really easy to do. It sounds like it. And Shauna, does that differ at all for K through five students? I would say a lot of the things that she brought up already are very much applicable to our K through five students. I would add to that, that at Wisconsin Virtual Academy, we typically have a lot of opportunities for picnics and outings that we have a chance to be able to see our students face to face and have some fun connections outside of the virtual um, realm. Go to a lot of the um, field trips that our parent organization puts on and in collaboration with our school. And that can take us all over the state. I've, I've gone to 
the Nutcracker in Madison. I've done the field trip at the Milwaukee um, airport. And it's always a delightful opportunity for me because I, I let my students know ahead of time, if any of you are taking um, part of this, I'm going to be there, come see me. And it's always a nice thing to be able to actually see a student face-to-face and, and be able to spend that time. But even without that, there are students that I have not seen um, directly, but I have just as authentic, just as rich of a relationship and a connection with them because of utilizing the many ways that we do virtually that in our day and age are so commonplace to students to be able to maintain those relationships. So it's just everything and and more. really warms my heart. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because the socialization and in-person events is one of the biggest misconceptions with online education. And everybody thinks that you're just hidden behind a computer all day, which is Far, far from the case. So thank you for bringing that up. Blake, moving back to you, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about how you do provide online instruction in a classroom setting. I know Angela touched on Class Connects. So if you wanted to talk about that a little bit more, it'd be maybe helpful. Absolutely. So for online instruction, we, we do use this um, program that we call Class Connect. We use Blackboard Collaborate. And it's an online classroom where students get to come in and they get to participate in this live class time where we all have our set time. We're going to come in and we do a lesson. And, and as others have said already, it works very similarly to what we would experience in a brick and mortar. We have our lesson we want them to cover. We can present that to them. And the students have so many opportunities. They get to use the microphone. They can type things in the chat box. They can, uh, there's a, a board that they can type and draw on. They can be moved into different groups and breakout rooms, what we call them, where they can, we can group them up and they can work on things on their own and report back to the class. I mean, you know, pretty much everything that they could do in the brick and mortar classroom, they can do online too. And that's something I love about it. Uh, it's it's a gauging and interactive way to get the students involved and, and get them to be the owners of their learning. I love it. It sounds so exciting. And not only do they get the same opportunities, but it sounds like they get a couple of more opportunities too. Lindsay, now talking about what a day in the life looks like and lesson planning and getting ready for your day. Can you explain what goes into lesson planning for an online teacher? Lesson planning looks very similar to when I was in brick and mortar, except for the fact that the curriculum is created for us. K-12 gives us a curriculum. We are allowed flexibility, which is nice. So when it comes to, say, the night before, when I, because when you say lesson planning, we all know as teachers, we're doing it the night before, we're doing it during our workday. It looks more like me looking at the lesson that K-12 has offered to me, and then I take that and I create a PowerPoint to really um, hone in on what the standards I want my kids to, to learn that day, the learning targets, but also how it's going to work for my individual students because K-12 puts together a curriculum, but they don't expect that every kid fits into one box. That's what I love about K-12 is that it, they never say, well, you have to do it this way because this is what works for every kid. Um, so we're, we're able to differentiate. And so a lot of my job is, okay, here's the learning targets for tomorrow. How am I going to make this work for my students so that they're engaged? And if they're not engaged, how am I going to find data to do that? And, and Blackboard offers that as well. That's the platform that we teach in. It gives us that formative assessment piece that is just right there. And I can create a lesson that I know is going to give me the board best formative assessment data. It's so helpful. And Blake, coming back to you, Lindsay spoke to, you know, differentiating lessons. Can you 
Tell us a little bit, how do you differentiate for different levels of learning? So one thing that I love about online learning, too, is it really allows us to do that differentiation. Uh, When we're meeting in our live class time, we can easily group students up into different different groups based on their level or their need. And we can give one group um, a really extended question to really help them go above and beyond the lesson. We can give another group more of just kind of basic understanding if we see that, that, that they need that. And so that's something that we can do in the live class setting is we can really group students up. We can use that data that we get in class to then help us see what we need to teach as well. Uh, when we're not in live class, we have a course page, a course website page that we can use, and we can release things based on what we see. We may release some group of students. We may release to them uh, a certain video we want them to watch to kind of remediate and to help them cover some of that basic understanding before we go further with the content. So the opportunities really are endless uh, with differentiation. There's so many ways that we can uh, differentiate in the classroom. Thank you so much. He was sharing from a high school perspective. Shauna, does that... Does the same apply for our younger K through five students? Absolutely applies. And one thing that I kept on thinking of um, while he was giving that example is two years ago, I had a kindergarten student, actually a set of twin um, boys who were reading already at a fifth grade level, fifth and sixth grade level. So at at five years old, they were significantly advanced. Um, And the data had all um, shown their great skills um, and really knew where they needed to go in order to be challenged. And the kindergarten curriculum in the kindergarten classroom wasn't it. Um, But we also have to be very aware of the fact that these are five-year-olds. And so we were able to actually have them um, in a higher level, um, higher grade curriculum, um, learning with peers in that same age group, really being comfortably challenged, but also meeting their social um, and emotional needs of not kind of dropping them into the deep end by um, by route of our um, online learning environment. And I think about that from a brick and mortar standpoint and how different that would have been for these two boys, because you, in order for them to get what they were receiving from us, they literally would have had to go into you know, a third, fourth, or fifth grade classroom with peers at that level and really would have been signaled out as being different. And so, Mm -hmm. however, in our environment, nobody knew. They were just peers like anybody else. And so they were able to get what they needed. They were able to get challenged, have that opportunity for support within meeting their needs, but also just being accepted you're in a class. Absolutely. And I'm sure age is one of the many, many differences that can be applicable for our students that is not going to be in your face per se, as it would be in a traditional brick and mortar setting. So great point. And thank you for sharing that. And Shauna, wanted to ask you as much as I think we're all familiar with the traditional parent-teacher conferences in brick-and-mortar settings as well. So along with engaging with your students, how do you engage with your parents in online learning? So one of the nice things about doing it this way, learning online, is the fact that when I'm working directly with kindergarten and first grade students, they're learning coaches, again, and most often they're parents, but sometimes it's an aunt or a trusted adult, but they're with them the majority of the time, if not all of the time, because when you're talking five years old, a lot of times they still need help tying their shoes and, you know, help using the bathroom and things like that. So being able to manipulate the mouse or type is something that they're developing in skill. 
themselves. It is amazing how quickly they get there, which is a little bit um, different from from my age group, but they do get there quick, but they still do need um, that adult to be with them. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to have that adult with them in addition to me. And so oftentimes when I'm working with my students, I'm also working directly with my adults and I'm giving them language and showing them um, different ways for them to be able to support their child, their student in the day-to-day as well. Everything from their academics to some social emotional skills and, and language and things like that. And I've heard wonderful feedback from my teachers that they have boards around their house that have had some of the language that I've used about being brave and bold, that they sing some of the good morning songs that I sing in, in the beginning of my classes, and that they've learned different strategies as well to be able to help their children and the, how it's made an impact on their family. And that's always been just a wonderful thing that has touched my heart as well. So above and beyond the more formalized conversations that we have, it's that day-to-day and it's that modeling for for the learning coach as well as students. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of these examples with us. They they warm my heart. Angela, I know she's speaking again from a younger student perspective and with our older students, there is a lot more independence on the students. So not having as much, say, screen time with the parents, how do you then create that engagement with the learning coach? There are so many ways that parents can engage and they are always invited to come to our classes and just sit in and be right there with their student. They have their own login to our online school so they can see the grades, they can see the assignments, they can see class recordings, my announcements, all of the curriculum is available for them. If I email a student, it's a great feature in our system that it's automatically CC'd to the parent. So the parent always gets all of the correspondence. And of course, if a student is struggling or has some special needs, the parents are contacted either by phone or we have virtual meetings with them. So I engage parents, you know, as often as I need to, but especially if the student is struggling or has a challenge and I really need the parent to be on board and to help assist their child. And you were mentioning, you know, being able to see grades and, you know, homework and all of that. Are they able to see how long or how often their child is online and if they're attending courses and things of that nature as well? They are able to see the progress that the student has through the online system in the content of the course and what units they've completed. They are also able to see the assignments that they've completed and their grades on them. And they're also flagged if any assignments are overdue or missing. So those are great features to have. And of course, if there's any questions, they can always contact me. And I love when parents reach out and we get right back to them. That's great. They're still very much involved. And Angela, I was going to stick with you for a second. And if you wouldn't mind talking to me generally about your students, obviously, we don't want to mention any names or specifics. But can you tell me, do they truly differ from Um, traditional brick and mortar students? Why do they choose online school and how has their experience been? So we have a lot of the same kinds of kids that I would see in a brick and mortar setting, but they have chosen to come to us for so many different reasons. Some students have physical challenges that just make attending a physical brick and mortar setting very difficult. They can attend school from the comfort of their home and if they are hospitalized or need to go to the doctor, there's more opportunities for them to do so and still be able to keep up with the work. 
I also have students who actually have careers as race car drivers or actors or singers or entrepreneurs even. They're looking for a different kind of an education where it's not just, you know, eight to three. They can do their schooling online at night at two o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever best fits their schedule. And I also have students who, for whatever reason, just brick and mortar wasn't for them, whether they were bullied they have social anxiety, they have mental health challenges, and they found so much more success in our setting. And I absolutely love being able to offer just an, an unconventional and an untraditional way for these kids to get their education and to really be able to thrive. Very, very true. Thank you so much for sharing that. Shauna, does that differ for our younger students? I know cases will be different. And if you have any a student in particular that has impacted you, we'd love to hear about that too. I I would say that that fits all of our students here. There is no one simple one. I have students that have come to us, have started with us, have come over to our school from traditional brick and mortar, from a private school, from homeschooling, you name it, for a variety of reasons. And they're not always negative reasons. Sometimes it is really because they do want to spend more time learning together as a family or they do have different activities that they like to be involved in or want to be able to have more ability to be involved in those ways. And sometimes it's they want more of a challenge. They want um, something that they just weren't getting before. So a lot of those reasons. I can tell you that one student in particular that has a special place in my heart, I started teaching in second grade, worked really, really hard with her because she was struggling with her reading. She was struggling with literacy. And we developed quite a relationship in classes and working together through the RTI response to intervention program and really honing down on her needs. And she this year actually is starting her middle school, her first year in middle school. So as a sixth grader, and I still meet with her in Class Connect. She still emails me when she wants to read a new story to me, when she wants to show me something that she's just written when in second grade, she would crawl under a table if she had to write anything. And I would have to try to just coax her into trust me, let's do this together. You have great ideas. Let's get this out. This little kiddo who's not so little anymore. Every time, every year when there's testing time, she actually, instead of does instead of doing the testing in her um, city, which is an hour away from mine, she goes out of her way to travel to my city so that we can have ice cream together. And she attends events at Bay Beach and Green Bay so that we can have a picture together. And my goal is uh, by the time the sweet girl graduates with honors from high school, because I know that she will, when they show the pictures up, I want to have a collage of every year, all the different pictures of she and I together as she has grown. And I plan on not wearing makeup because I will be crying. <laughs> all the end of the day. That's just one example. There are many more that have touched my heart, but she is one that is ultra special to me. You're making us all tear up. Um, I can only imagine the bountiful numbers of students that you guys, how many lives you have touched in so many different ways, just as all teachers. So we're so appreciative for all of you. With that being said, ask, pose the question to everyone on what inspires you as a teacher. Shauna, we'll go ahead and start with you. I'm inspired just like pretty much any teacher by those light bulb moments, 
by a student who um, thought that they couldn't, maybe doubted themselves, maybe were much of a perfectionist, that they were scared to take risks. When they get to the point where they are brave and bold and they take a chance, whether they're right or wrong, and they learn something, and that pride is felt and seen. I love those moments, but those opportunities where a student feels valued, feels heard, feels that they have a connection and knows that they belong. I feel that I was born to do this job and that makes the value of my choice to do this job every day just reaffirms that I'm where I need to be. Angela, can you tell us what inspires you as an online teacher? Yes, I think Shauna said it best and I would echo a lot of the same sentiments that she just expressed. I'm here for my students. I have so many different students that come to my classroom for so many different reasons, whether it's that they're struggling and their confidence is down for whatever reason, or maybe it's because they were bored and not challenged in a brick and mortar and they want an opportunity to advance. I love to show up every day for them and feel like I can meet so many diverse needs and they learn from me and I inspire them, but they inspire me even more just to keep going and to keep educating them. Blake, do you have anything to add to that and what inspires you? I'll add just a little bit and I definitely agree with um, everyone so far and uh, definitely those are reasons that inspire me as well and especially with online learning, I truly feel there's a need for it. There are students who truly need this environment. As, we, as we've talked about already, there's, there's kids who may be sick or there's kids who we're bored in the classroom and there's just there's just seems to be this need for online learning that we can provide for them. Um, they're, you know, they're our future and we have a, a role in shaping them and molding them and being with them through, you know, a, a difficult time as they're going through their schooling career. And we get to share in the highs and the lows and really prepare them for it for the future. And so I love that role that, that we get to play and uh, just the need that's there for online learning. Well said. Thank you, Blake. And Lindsay, what about you? What inspires you to be an online teacher? Biggest things for me is the fact that our students chose us. We have the ability as an online school to have students throughout our state. So when I'm speaking to somebody who doesn't know anything about virtual or they know very little, they're like, where are your where do your kids live? And our kids live throughout our state. So that speaks to the fact that they went out of their way to choose us. If a student is choosing your school, and especially if they stick with your school, you as a teacher have an ability to be able to educate them because they came to you for a reason and they they need you, they want you. Every single day I work for them because I know that they came to me and there's a purpose behind it. Their parents didn't say, well, you are going to this school because you live in this school district. I'm, there's always a story and it could be that their parents chose the school for them but they chose it. They chose our school and they stick with us. Such powerful words. Thank you all for sharing. It's very, very inspiring. And to hear from four very passionate teachers is is moving. I appreciate all of you. Lindsay, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more too. I know we've talked about connecting with students and connecting with our parents, but what about connecting with your colleagues? How do you stay in touch and make sure that you're building those relationships as well. Another question that I get a lot from family members, friends that are either in education or just don't necessarily understand what I do. They ask me, do you miss being in a school? And I think that's funny because I am in a school. And just because I'm not face-to-face with my colleagues and my students every day, 
doesn't mean that I haven't formed those connections. So being connected with my colleagues means working in a professional learning community, a PLC, where we meet every week. Our school requires us to be in a meeting on Friday mornings with our professional learning community, meaning my discipline. I meet with my department every week and we, we explore data. We talk about what, what's working, what's not working. I'm able to all the time talk to my colleagues via link, which is kind of like Skype. We are also talking to each other constantly, um, email. But at the same time, I mean, I could pick up my phone right now and I could call any one of the teachers and know exactly who I have to call about a specific issue or a specific question because we know each other. We meet via for PD every single school year at the beginning of a school year. And throughout the school year, we meet at functions where we're either going to on a field trip. We are constantly communicating with one another. And I have to say some of my best friends are my colleagues. I love that. That's awesome. And I mean, you can truly build those same connections, having different interactions. It doesn't all have to be sitting next to each other and talking. Thank you so much. Like expanding on that a little bit, do you all have opportunities for professional development, coaching or taking classes, anything like that? Absolutely. So we, for our school, we meet once a month for professional development. And we normally meet in Little Rock, which is kind of central location for us in Arkansas. And we have lots of opportunity for growing professionally. And so we will uh, cover a variety of topics. We will talk about parental involvement or how to use data to drive instruction. Uh, so many topics we'll, we'll look at. And we uh, definitely have a lot of opportunities available too. And we'll do a lot of virtual training too. There will be many times where we will watch various videos or get very, uh, various online online trainings as well to to grow professionally. So neat. Thank you. And Angela, as in a traditional setting, I think a lot of teachers are observed by administrators. Is that the same for online settings? Yes, it's exactly the same for an online setting. So just as an administrator would pop into your physical classroom and observe you at any time and also formally observe you several times a year, the same thing happens in our virtual classrooms, except that they are popping in virtually. They're coming into my live class connect sessions and just seeing what's going on, how the students are doing, what I'm teaching um, informally. And then there's also formal evaluation opportunities where the evaluation is scheduled. There may be a, a meeting beforehand to go over the lesson and to just explain what I'm going to be teaching. And then there'll be an opportunity to go over the lesson afterward. And we're evaluated on pretty much the same things as one would be evaluated on in brick and mortar. And our school uses the Danielson teacher evaluation rubric to assess us. It's pretty much the same. It's just a virtual evaluation versus an in-person evaluation. Absolutely. And a lot of what everybody has spoke to today seems that way. It's the same, but just not in person. It is through a screen. Well, I wanted to thank you all for answering all of those questions today and talking through everything so we're able to better understand the role of online teachers and how that operates. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. To learn more about K-12's tuition-free public online schools, the Destinations Career Academies, or the international and private school options, go to k12.com. We invite you to subscribe so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.